Welcome to The Maker and the Merchant with me, Lee Isaacs, and him, Fergus Elias. There are, there are some things that science just can't explain, right? So they're, they're figuring out roughly how a black hole works, how one is formed, you know, where the singularity comes from, there's an event horizon, but science can't explain what goes on once you get to the singularity, because space and time and all the laws just go out the window. Also, nobody's been able to explain how not only have we got to a second season, we've got to a second episode, and we've not had a single cease and desist letter, angry tweet. Nothing. I can only assume people actually just like download the episodes and then don't listen to them. Well, I mean, you're assuming that anyone's actually downloading the episodes, other than Mum. Well, has she? I know she's got oh, hi, some like. Hi, hi, Mrs. Fergus. And she has has Fergus's mum. Has your mum? Has she set up like a load of AI? But you know, like if you if you get put enough monkeys, enough typewriters, you end up with works Shakespeare kind of thing. She's just got like a load of like AI bots just download, download to like get our numbers up to make us famous. Yeah, yeah. no, she's she's Mary GPT. That is That's her uh, Twitter handle. That is that is dedication. I mean, I'm giving it the old, you know, fist of the people. That is. We need more of that. There's not enough of that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, no, I, that's that's actually what we're lacking it is. in this world. But although science can't explain this, other than we've just explained this a load of chat GPT, here we are, season two, episode two, riding on the incredible success of Family. Here we are. Family. It's a, it's a couple of weeks since we recorded. Ferg, what's been going on? What has been going on? We need to know. The people demand to know what has been going on. I planted a courgette plant. That was a big moment. Um, you know, laying down roots in a garden. I mean, I'm going to briefly go into Gardener's World with Ferg here. Um, but laying down a garden, we, we're we really lucky. We bought a house last year, and I love my house. It, it's amazing. Um, but the day I truly loved my house the most was the day I finally planted my lettuce seeds and and my plug plants and my now my courgette and um I mean, so that's I mean, that sorry sorry to interrupt you know you, you plant a lettuce you, you you're clearly keen on gardening i mean you plant a lettuce that's just the tip of the iceberg oh very good that was a little gem of of comic humor there well also i've got a few more it might slow the episode down i'm not going to say anything else yeah no these puns are just lambs to the saucer Never even thought of that one. Didn't even, that's not even on my list to cross off. That's very um, you will be shocked, Mr. Isaacs, to hear that I have been bottling yet more bottles of Balfour sparkling wine. Um, I know this is hard for you to... Uh, we don't really. We sort of we start in January uh, when it's really cold, so that's nice. Um, and we, we bottle through to probably July, August. Um, you know, we've got... 400 500,000 bottles to fill it takes a while um you know especially when it, i have to power the bottling line myself with a little yeah, bicycle you ride a little a bicycle yeah that's yeah 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 yeah, yeah no, it's it's um it's amazing that i'm not in better shape really uh, <laughs> well that's uh, you know, no, we're um, but, how, how how many you know at, at its greatest run rate how many bottles an hour um, around about two thousand bottles now. 
And I've just realised, is that like, you know how like you get a group of lads on a night out and be like, oh, how hot a curry can you eat? Is that like what you male winemakers do sitting around? Because it's going to be male winemakers that would have to like prove anything. Uh, sitting around, yes, how many bottles can you do an hour? Yeah? Yeah, I, no, I, that's, I, I that's exactly it. What have you ever done? You know. <laughs> it's how fast is your bottling line but then most English winemakers don't have their own bottling line so I can really load it over them they're like oh yeah well when the French come they'll do 6,000 bottles an hour and I'm like yeah but can they do that tomorrow That's it. and then do you just sort of like, yeah. like look at your nails and yeah, you know. yeah, and then bizarrely a cigar appears in my mouth, and, and it's it's all a bit strange. Uh, so yeah, bottling bottling line speed of bottling, um, number of bottles per hour disgorged. That's a good one. Um, although these days there are a lot of rotary lines in England, and they are very fast. So I don't count those. You can you can only compete with me if you've got a a, a flat line, um, and. Really, ideally, you want to be comparing like for like. So, you know, I've got an Edda 5 from TDD. That's a great line, great bit of kit. Top speed, if you disgorge, if you're good at it, 800, mi 800 miles an hour, 800 bottles an hour. That's a, that's a good speed. So, did you say you, you have an Ed 209? That thing from Robocop? <laughs> no, an Edda 10. No wonder I felt very scared. Five. <laughs> <laughs> just up, I've just upgraded my own. <laughs> just multiplied it by two. Damn. Look at that. I mean, uh, he's got things best, that don't even exist. Best one is um, filtration. How many how many liters do you filter to uh, today, Virgo? Oh, I did twenty five thousand liters. Oh well, I did thirty. Ah, uh, but you put it through fine earth or coarse earth because I put it through fine and. It was pretty, pretty, pretty gnarly. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah, that's the <laughs> Also, if it's fine, surely that shouldn't be gnarly, because gnarly would suggest. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. You, so you you mentioned these rotary or linear. You know, mm. I, I know you, did, you didn't say the word linear, but that in my head sounded better. Rotary linear. What, what does what sound better? Differences and why would you prefer one over the other? Uh, rotaries are quicker um, by their by their nature. So they're designed. The the engineering in in a linear line is it it picks one bottle, it puts it down, it pops the top off, it moves this along to the next station. Whereas on a rotary line, they go around a star, so it picks up bottle after bottle after bottle, and they they turn, so they don't move from station to station. It all happens in one place. Um, is, it, is it mandatory to be listening to David Bowie then, when when you have the linear? Oh, naturally. Yeah, that was, that's um, that's just that's just a that's just what happens. There's a man in the moon, and he plays the spoons. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, what would what would be what would be Balfour um, at Hush Heath Estate's sort of music choice for bottling? Because it's a pretty noisy thing, right? So you're gonna have to have some people crank up. Yeah, well, I mean, for for me, obviously, everyone knows my penchant for James Blunt. Um, but for bottling sparkling, we're trying, we're trying not to lose any more listeners. For come on, don't, <laughs> don't do this to me. Okay, but if we're if we're bottling sparkling, you can't hear anything. Um, so the best thing to do is play Akadaka at full volume and see if anyone realizes that you're doing it. I um, think if 
at bottling you can't hear anything that would probably be the perfect environment for me to record my stupid videos that i used to do on social media well, i miss your stupid videos can they come back <sighs> um if i send you I mean, some wine you've i've got a new backers oh yeah um the request that i could possibly play uh, I okay. mean, as you know, I've, I've even sung in inverted commas now. So if you had a song that you think I could sing and rewrite the lyrics, like for you, Ferg, I would do. I have got, I have been uh, being sent a couple of samples, and I've said I would do a uh, a video for them. But, That's exciting. What about back in Blackus? Well, I normally would 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 say yes. However. I do have one rule, which is I'm not allowed to repeat a song I've already done. I did it many years ago as Back in Black Chalk, including yeah. the Duck Walk, because the CEO in the business I work for specifically requested I incorporate the Duck Walk. Did um, you? I thought it was just a, pre a pretense for him to give me a P45, as if like he didn't have any other reasons to give me one. <laughs> but um, I did indeed do the, the duck walking video as well. So it's like, you know, so I did it for Black Chop, but also for the for the CEO of, of the company I work for. So it was double whammy. So um, let's get I'll dear, have to, dear listener, I'll... Ferg's mum, a song that I could do about backers, Ferg's new back. Oh, I like it. Audience participation. I hear that's a good thing. As a, like a quiz, get your request in. But could, could I just... I hear the quiz master now, father. <laughs> Well, only it, it's I'm I'm England's largest quiz master. I hear no. Um, it, it it has to be a song that I can perhaps just about play. So ideally, no more than one chord, or if there's a riff, two notes at the best. And okay. If you really want me to sing? Well, I mean, I can't sing. So you know, if you want me to talk out of tune, I'll give it a go. But what? what I mean, folk. I think that this is. Okay, yeah. 30 seconds, give us a press ease of this backers. Oh, blimey. Um, okay, I, I'm i actually really proud of it. I think it's my... It, I think it's the best backers I've ever made. I'm really, really happy with how it's turned out. So it's, it's not a classic, in-your-face, elderflower bomb full of sort of green nettle and, and, and elderflower. I've tried to tone that down a bit, so I've used more burgundy yeasts to... I'm not. I'm, I haven't looked to sort of capture and keep all those sort of um, all those sort of aromatic components necessarily. I've fermented a little bit warmer than I usually do. I've used some barrel components. Uh, I've used some barrel components from Twenty One, so I've kept about four barrels back of the Twenty One Bacchus, left it in there for about sixteen months in oak, then incorporated that back into the back into the blend, and it's made something that's really. It's really interesting. It's slightly linear. It's more focused. It's less. It's it's not a big aromatic wine. It's sort of sonseri, which is kind of where I want to want my backers to go. And it's I I'm I'm really pleased with it. I I genuinely hope that it's as nice as I think it is, because so, I'm petrified that it'll go out and people will be like, "Fuck, this is shit." It sounds yeah. wonderful, and I think Bacchus is a variety, whereas historically in the UK, I say historically, we've not been doing it that long, but it's always been made in like a very sort of fresh, linear, zippy, kind of copying New Zealand Sauvignon broadly style. 
you know, not much lees, mm. not much stirring, not much barrel, none of that pretty straight down the line, stainless steel. And you go, actually, the best examples of Bacchus I've have tasted are ones where people haven't done that, where they've done something different. Maybe it's a little bit of barrel in there or a little bit of lees content. One of the best Bacchuses I've, I've tasted, um, I judged it at the IEWA back in, I think this was 2020, and it was Poynings Grange, which was 2015 vintage at the time. So it was, you know, it was fine, and it was uh, just, but it, it's a bit like when you get someone who goes, oh, I don't normally like Sauvignon Blanc, but I like this one. And you sort of go, that's because it's not mm. really like Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> like, I really like this Bacchus. When I, it's weird, I don't normally like Bacchus, yes, because it's not like all the other Bacchus. But it sounds intriguing. So dear listener, Ferg's mum, Ferg's described the wine. What song could I perhaps pair with it and maybe even sing in inverted commas? Bit of audience I cannot, cannot wait to hear Mum's suggestion. If she gets the AM um, chatbots on it as well, it'll look like there's two or three people interacting with us on Twitter at Maker Merchant. So I mean, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Uh, they can also email us at um, the maker and the merchant at gmail.com. It's the longest email address I think I've ever seen. It is, it is, and I, uh, I, we keep forgetting to, we never mention it. It's like socials at maker merchant. Although I think in, in Instagram is maker underscore merchant because um, the guy who set them up is an idiot and didn't choose the same branding, but that's why I did. <laughs> and the email. So email us, tweet us, Instagram us, message us with your thoughts, suggestions, ideas. Beyond what song should I play for Ferg's new Bacchus? Anything else? You know, wanton abuse. Quite used to that. I don't go out a lot these days, so I'm, you know, not. I'm used to having that hurled at me in the street. I'm not out a lot lately, so that would, mm. you know, and uh, yeah. I've always liked the idea of like an Ask TM and TM where people, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be wine related. It then, please, for the love of God, don't ask me which bank should I be drinking or anything like that because that's getting batted straight over to Lee. But, you know, everyday life questions, we could give some really god awful advice. Um, and and I'm here for it. Brilliant advice. So. There you go. Contact us with your life advice queries. I used to, um, someone I used to know whose name was Emma, which is relevant to what I'm about to say and will become obvious as to why. She wanted to be an agony aunt simply because she'd come up with a strap line. Not because she had a, a wealth of life experience or thought she would, be, you know, she didn't go, I'd be really good at giving advice. Um, you know, she's very nice. I'm not suggesting she, she wouldn't. She's very thoughtful. But the only reason she wanted to become an agony aunt was because she said, I've got the perfect strap line for me, which is, do you have a dilemma? Dial Emma. Take off. I just, who gives shit if your advice isn't very good? Got a dilemma. <laughs> dilemma. It'd be even better if you could get um, the number that you call to dial Emma to be 3662. Yeah, that would, because that, like, they do it in the States, don't they? Dial it. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's dining You've been really busy bottling. You've got this new Bacchus, which sounds immense. Um, I've yeah. been thinking, and but obviously our our literally tens ones of listener will um, will suggest a song. Um, I can One. see for, that as as we've been uh, recording. Obviously, you and I can see each other because of the meeting we used to record this. I can see that you have a glass of wine. Pray I tell, do. What are you drinking? Okay, so this week you have been mostly drinking. <laughs> this week, Lee, I have mostly been drinking a Roman Chamion Savoir. So I'm doing my classic trick of 
showing Lee the bottle of wine I'm drinking, knowing full well that none of our listeners can see it. Uh, so that was that was worthwhile. What did you think? Nice, nice looking label there. Um, so Savoir for me, really popping all, on audio. Great label. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. God, listening to this on Spotify is going to be great. For those of you watching in black and white, the brown ball is behind the green at the bottom of the table. <laughs> um, so, Savoir, for me, Savoir is skiing. Uh, I. It may surprise you to know that I didn't ski until quite late in, in well, quite, not quite late in life, because I still like to think that my life isn't quite over yet. But yeah, I didn't. 12, aren't you, something? 30, 31, 31. Um, I think my beautiful, wonderful partner is a fantastic skier, and her family have gone skiing every day, every year since she was about two. Um, and as a result, they're all really fucking good. Um, and so, we first um, went skiing together as a family. That was a real experience. Um, I had a great time falling over and over and over again uh, I mean, while as, they... As you know, I'm, I'm working class, so I've obviously never been on a skiing holiday. Your middle class credentials have slipped a little bit, admitting to how late it was you went skiing. But regardless of that, I, I've never once looked at skiing and thought, oh, that looks easy. It's not, it's how, really not. generally? Uh, it used to be okay. Nowadays, pretty awful. Um that's 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 a fun bit, but you say it doesn't look easy, but actually you watch someone like Bethan ski who has skied all her life, and you're just like, how? You know, I love her, love her to pieces, but she's actually quite clumsy usually. And um, watching her on a ski slope, you're just like, how can a girl so clumsy be so graceful and smooth and make this look so effortless? Um, and she really does. It's it's infuriating for me because I'm just sort of bombing down in a straight line, and then I'll get to a corner and fall over because I don't. I'm going too fast and I don't know how to turn. And she'll just sort of glide past me faster than I was going, and looking like she's putting absolutely zero effort in. Um, but anyway, that's a, a slightly tangential to, to the wine I bought, um, but it's not because we go skiing in the Alps. And when we go skiing, we buy Savoir. In fact, I bought this wine three times. I've bought three different iterations of this wine, not intentionally, um, but it's just a, a thing that's happened. Uh, so I'm on the 2021. Um, so I did a bit of research because usually, Lee, you're the one that does the talking about wine regions. Um, and you're probably going to tell me loads of stuff I didn't know. But... Would you like to guess at how many acres there are in the entirety of the Savoie region? Um, I want to say about fifth. So I'm thinking in hectares. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So about two thousand hectares. Fine. Two thousand. Oh, fucking hell! Yeah. Yeah. You're literally bang on. Um, Am I? It's five that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Armed with this knowledge, you <laughs> bellend. <laughs> Would you like to uh, guess, take a guess at what percentage of French wines Savoir accounts for? Oh, my word. Uh, You've got the acreage. Yeah. 
you know vaguely how many bottles what France produces in a year. So two thousand. Uh, I'm just. Ah, oh, it, it's got to be like point two five percent or something. You're actually really close. It's point five percent. Wow. Um, so tiny. Um, and and, and, you, and traditionally, you bought three of them. I mean, what are the last ones going to be buying? <laughs> Oh, we, well, we, only have, we only have two bottles left. It is the best vintage uh, I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, that fat guy from England has appeared again. Uh, he's going to buy one of my bottles. Why does right. he do this every year? <laughs> I told him we already got one. I don't know where that bloke is from. He's just he's just wandered in. Everyone's on a skiing holiday. There's people from everywhere. So he's he's just trying to help the situation. If, any, if anything, he's made it worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so this wine is it's made with what I believe is pronounced Jacquere, um, which is this sort of it, it accounts for fifty percent of the plantings in Savoie. Yeah, super high percentage. Oh, I should I have I should have questioned you on that one. Well, I know like um, most of most of what they produce is white, right? Like, yeah. Oops. 80%, 75-80% is white. So I knew, yeah. I knew Jacques would be important, but I didn't realise it was that. Yeah, it's yeah, huge. It's pretty substantial. Um, and yeah, I mean, traditionally seen as ski chalet wine, according to the, gu- the, the guide book that I read on it this morning. Um, but there is a growing and quite interesting wine industry there and this this wine has genuinely i've flicked back to my tasting notes from the 2017 and the 2019 um both of which i've tried in the past and there's genuine development um the wine is interesting it's a bit there's a bit of bacchus on the nose actually we're talking about nettle and things like that and there's there's a definite sort of green yeah um but the palette is really interesting it's sort of it's much more um there's a bit of grapefruit, which is quite nice, and then there's sort of like pear, and I, I, it's, it's, you know, it wasn't a particularly expensive bottle of wine, and it's not necessarily something um, I'm going to drink a lot of, but it's very, it's very good. It's, it's nice and enjoyable, and it's light and floral. Um, and is it, is it like the variety is typically? Um, sort of fairly high acid. Is there any sort of wine making on it? If, if they retain that acid, is there any MLF going on there, or you know, is there any creaminess, or is it like really pure? Clean, it's fresh? very, it's, it's very pure, very fresh. Um, quite, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing. They've not done anything. They've gone stainless steel. I could even hazard a guess that they've used like VL10 or something like that. If I was trying to guess the yeast. Uh, or maybe X5, which is a Lafour, um sort of thiolic, aromatic yeast strain. Um, but it's, it's, I, I really can't complain. It's, it's, it's really nice. Um, and so yeah. It sounds, I know there's, I say, I know, I don't, I don't know much about Savoir. So it's not, you know, it's a small region. Mm. Um, I, the, but I, I believe that there's sort of increasing plantings of Chardonnay. And sometimes yeah. with a small region like that, when they've got a variety that they do, there's a similar thing in, in Jura where they, you know, they're planting a bit more Chardonnay. And you go, you've got your own variety and you do that really well. Like, 
fucking everybody's got Chardonnay. Let that leave them to it. Figure out what it is you do well. And like, let's talk about it. Let's communicate it rather than you know just sticking Chardonnay as, as, because it'd be easy to sell. Although you, you sort of understand the the fiduciary we have a business to run side of that. Yeah. Um. You just think you, you've got like Jacques and there's this. The, what's the other groups? Altes, I think, isn't it? Altes, yeah. Altes. Would, would you Would you like to name the top three? Oh, actually, the fourth you should be able to get as well, actually. Um, I want to say Roussan. It's not Roussan. It's like that, isn't it? It's like Russet. No, Roussan. Roussan uh, is the third third most popular. Uh, you've got the top three. The last one, I, I'd be impressed. But, well, I think you, you might so, get so it. You've got, you've got Jacques, Altesse, Roussan. Mm-hmm. Chardonnay, yeah, and, and Roussette. There's a variety. Is it Roussette? Because uh, the word Russet. It's something to do with the way the, the, the way the leaves change in autumn. Go Russet. Oh, uh, interesting. It's, I'm, yeah, it's related to um, azure variety, which, which name escapes me. I'm well, but making up. You've got, got Mondeuse for red, haven't you? Yeah, you've got Mondeuse for red, and you've got Persan, um, but they've also got some Chasselas. Chasselet, of course. I didn't. It's order, isn't it? Chasselet. Yeah. Um, so I'm kicking I, myself because that's obvious. I should have got that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realise. Um, but yeah, no, very nice. Actually, really, I've really, I've, I've enjoyed it. Sounds. Like, and, right. you, and you bought it out there. You said you bought it out there. Yeah, I, I tend to, I tend to, you know, take take English wine with me because you know Brexit. Um, yeah. so yeah, drink British wine when you're on holiday, don't you? Um, yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, you go and find, you go to Costa del Sol and go to a British pub. Yeah, selling, or an Irish. Selling, I'll take an Irish pub, you know, if Irish I can yeah. get a Guinness. That's all right. Selling, uh, selling Fosters, because you wouldn't want a warm beer, would you? Well, you would, because it's brewed in Scotland and it's fucking freezing up there. So, um, <laughs> not, not that I'm bitter about any of that. Anyway, anyway, it sounds delicious, Bird. It um, is. As, as I always say, make sure you get a couple of artistic snapshots and we'll get it up on the socials. Always and, you know, dear listener, have you had any wines from Savoy that you'd care to recommend? Any that you found here in the UK? Because, as we said, there's not a huge amount of it, so 0.5% French production. But there's got to be stuff here available in the UK. What have you had? Um, I've, I've not had a huge amount of wines from, from Savoy here in the UK. Uh, so do let us know what you've got. Um, excellent. Anyway, um, Ferg, uh, this is the news. <laughs> so, you know, the, the first question we have to ask with this is the news is um, where to now for winemaker raised by puffins? Secondly, are there any news stories recently that have uh, grabbed your winemaking attention? I think that we should start with your news story, you know, Mr Isaacs. Because I it did make me chuckle. Well, yeah, well, here we go. So this is the. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to pitch this to you. I need to ask you a question, Ferg. Okay. Okay. Your and this is difficult because so like we live in England, right? So if we're driving somewhere and we accidentally yeah. come down like a like a country muddy road, like a dirt road, we just keep going, right? And 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 what's the worst thing that's going to happen at the end of that? You know, you'll keep going. You'll end up in Kent. Right. I mean, that's about the worst thing that could happen, isn't it? So, uh, I think you mean Sussex. Sussex. It's the worst, worst thing that could happen. Sussex. What is Sussex? Sussex is a place. 
Sussex, please. Oh, um, so, um, but if you're, you know, you've, you've driven down country lane, you've got stuck, right? There's no chance of rescue. You, you're going to have to stay with your car, right? You look in the back. What have you got with you? You've got like a couple of bags of Haribo. Okay. Yeah. Kids and grass, I would say. They do. Other sweets are available, but I don't see why because Haribo win every time. Yeah, I mean, um, we're not going to get sponsored by any other sweet manufacturer anyway, are we? We're so. not. We're not. I'm, I'm going to pitch this to you um, like systematically. So you've got a couple of bags of Haribo, right? Mm hmm. You look in the back, the only form of sort of liquid nourishment you've got because you've forgotten to pack water because you're an idiot mm. is you've got a bottle of yellowtail Shiraz or Merlot or Cabernet is pretty much all the same, isn't it? <laughs> Might edit that out because uh, allegedly, apparently, I don't know, you've got a, the only thing you've got is a bottle of yellowtail Shiraz, right? Mm. I, I, okay. I, you, you, you two, your two options that being scenario is do you like eke it out and drink that slowly just to have some liquid or do you just die of thirst I mean I just I'd actually ask myself some very serious life questions for instance why is there some yellow <laughs> tail in the back of my car what am I doing in deepest darkest Sussex why is it so hot? And um, and then I'd probably drink the yellowtail and 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 then try and get home. I suppose. If you then survived, why yeah, you would admit that it was yellowtail. No, I'd say I drank my own piss. <laughs> All right, but Bear grills. What would you? Uh, how do you respond? So, I mean, he'd actively manufacture that situation, wouldn't he, so that you could? Yeah. Okay. So could... Let's. Let's imagine the same situation. You've gone down the dirt road. You've got stuck. Yeah. A couple of bags of Haribo. Mm -hmm. You've got a bottle of night timber. Oh, yeah. Same, same question. Is it cold? Uh, for the purposes of this scenario, yes. Oh, yeah. Sounds great. Okay. Like a bit of night. Is it a magnet? Yeah, go on. Why not? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So I, I just, I find myself in this scenario and go, like, at what point would you, like, oh, to survive, you've got to gnaw your own arm off. You're like, I, I'm pro I'm not brave enough to do something like that. If, even no. on the edge of death, like, I just, I don't have the mental or physical strength or capacity to do something extreme like that. And, and there are people that do. Um, and that's incredible. I'm, I'm not one of those people. But I wouldn't put myself in a situation where that could happen because I'm sensible. Um, but the story I'm, of course, referring to, is uh, a, a woman in Australia, and now this makes a bit more sense than just, you know, getting lost in Sussex. Uh, yeah. A 48-year-old, I don't know why her age is important, actually. I'm just looking at the article now. Her age is irrelevant. I don't know why it's... In it's number, as old as you feel. Yeah, I, I am about 80. Um, <laughs> anyway, this, this lady in Australia, driving around, that happens <laughs> in Australia, people drive around, um, she didn't have Haribo. She had lollipops, lollipops and a bottle of wine, um, although this lady is teetotal. The reason she had a bottle of wine, she was going off to see some family and she was taking uh, a member of her family. It does say in the article, I think it was her, her mum or mother-in-law. She was taking them a bottle of wine, which is really cool because she's too teetotal and doesn't drink, but has gone, this person does. I'll take a bottle of wine. Okay, like that. That's, that's um, when, 
she was she was she took a wrong turn, which I suppose in Australia is easy to do because it's fucking massive. Yeah. And she's hit a dead end dirt road. Um and, and that's when she's gone, Oh god, I hope I don't end up in Sussex. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's just it's almost like, you know, she wouldn't know which part of Sussex is in because the, the land is so different, it's like making it into one huge PDO doesn't make any sense. But it's almost know, as that, if like, the political border shouldn't really determine a determine is, a wine growing region. And I think this lady was worried about that. And she's ended up further and further down this dirt road and she's got stuck. Now, of course, because she's in the wilds of the outback of Australia, she's got no phone signal. So mm. I just, I mean, that's convenient because it's almost like this film of her life that she's going to get paid a lot of money for is right itself, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. She couldn't have any phone signal. And then she's gone, well, what she's done, I guess you, you learn this in Australia. She's like, the worst thing I can do is leave the car because they'll find the car before they'll find me. So I have to stay with the car. So she's then go, well, you know, a human being can only survive, was it like three days without liquid? I, th- I think it's so, two. Yeah, sure. It, it, it's, well, it's even, you know, how long can you survive without English sparkling? I think it's about three hours, isn't it? Um, which is I, why I... we have alarms to wake ourselves up throughout the evening. Um, so she stayed with the car. She survived on lollipops. And although being teetotal, she's eked out this bottle of wine. And, you know, the, the wonderful part of this story is, you know, she, that's obviously a, a terrible and terrifying situation for this poor woman. It must be absolutely horrific to be in that situation. <laughs> so frightening. And in the outback of Australia where, you know, every living thing is basically trying to kill you and eat you. Yeah. She survived and she's, she's been rescued, which is how we know about the story. And that, that's, that's wonderful. But she survived on lollipops and wine. However... It's not mentioned which wine it is, which leads me to think she's just ashamed of, you know, yeah. pick, a, pick a brand, dear listener, that you'd be ashamed of drinking and substitute that in to make it funny in your own head. Yes, because we don't diss brands. No, no, we don't. But I Ever. just thought, <clears throat> I started thinking, you know, if I was if I was trapped in this situation, all I had was a bottle of Barefoot, like I'd probably, I'd, I'd somehow peel off the back label, hopefully have a pen and write something like, I love my family and then just <laughs> Although, actually, you know, if you drank the whole bottle, you, you, you'd consume so much sugar, you might get a massive burst of energy and be able to run really fast like the Flash. Yeah, and actually, did we not Did we not taste? I tasted a Barefoot. You did? The, the PG, the, wasn't it? For the show, the PG, it was wine. Yeah. I think. It had it, it been in a room where there were some grapes. Yeah, grapes had were at some point a component part of it. They were. Um, but, of, of course, you know, we're, we're obviously making fun of big brands here. Those big brands sell lots of wine. And yeah. That's a really lots. interesting thing. But, yeah, this so this, this woman's got stuck. And I, I was just trying to, you know, the worst thing that, you know, our version of that would be you get stuck in a dirt line, you know, dirt track heading towards Sussex. And all yeah. you've got is a bottle of Barefoot or Yellowtail, or if it makes you laugh, Penfolds or whatever brand it is that makes you laugh. Insert brand. How, how, what, what, so here we go. Here's a question for our dear listener, right? What brand, if you were in that situation, what brand of wine would you have in your car where you'd go, no, I'll just, I'll just die? I like it, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, maybe. What brand, what's your dream brand to be stuck somewhere near Sussex? Yeah, and what's your? It's it's kitchen heaven, kitchen hell. 
It, that's What's it, isn't it? From uh, yeah. from Saturday Kitchen, which yeah. I always miss because I can never remember when it's on. And um, yeah, I, I used that I used that joke at a tasting, and somebody shouted out ten o'clock. <laughs> um, so they were swiftly now. Th- but we have there's a, a thing with, with in Australia, right? There was a story last year where there's a guy, yeah, in Australia. He's Australian, so he's another Australian native. And um, what he's done, he's made a mistake, is that he's gone, I'm in Australia, I'm going to go into the ocean. Like, right, you know that everything in that ocean is going to eat you. Yeah, I mean, even Stephen didn't survive the oceans of Australia. No, right. I mean, it's deadly places. He's gone into the ocean and he's stepped on something called a stonefish. Okay. Which I believe is the most venomous fish in the sea and what it is like it's got like these spikes that come out and it injects you with some kind of awful sort of um i was going to say neurotoxin it's not a neuro but some kind of awful poison right oh lovely normally what they do is they get you straight out the ocean onto anti-poison medication straight to hospital um you know take all this anti-poison medication anti-venom blah 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 um this aussie bloke there is a story you'll find it on drinks business this aussie bloke's gone no you're right mate i'm just gonna drink some red wine um, but again, he refuses to say which wine it was, other than it was Shiraz. Now, if I was him, I'd be going, "This is a huge, you know, brand piece. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out which winery is gonna pay me the most to say, oh, have you been? Are you stuck in Australia and you've been attacked by a wild animal? If you drink X brand Shiraz, you'll be all right. I mean, come on, that's just product placement, brand marketing heaven, surely." Yeah. I mean, the guy yeah. went, this this guy I'm talking about went on TikTok and posted a, is it TikTok, Instatok, yeah. Facebook? He's gone on there and he's posted this video about it going on and it's had nearly 10 million views. So if you're a brand owner, yeah. why are you not paying this guy? I, was about I don't to care what wine you drank. Tell them you drank this one. Mm. I was about to say, if you would like to, I don't know, get bitten by an adder in Sussex. Um, and then claim that your miraculous recovery was only due to the imbibing of Balfour Brute Rosé. Get in touch. I'll uh, I'll slip you a fiver. Um, Balfour Brute Rosé, snake edition. That's oh, delicious. Um, okay, I've got I've got a couple of stories which I want to touch on. Um, and then there's a, there's a there's a bigger bit that we want to talk about. But there there were two things that sort of came up that I thought. Um, we should we should mention uh, the first is, for, uh, is forty hall not forty hall it is forty hall why am I trying forty hall forty hall community vineyard um, they are in pretty dire straits actually they 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 they, yeah. they need to buy a tractor um, because they've got well because they don't have one they keep missing their spray windows because they don't own their tractor they borrow someone else's. Um, and as a result, they've not had a vintage for three years, um, which is actually incredibly sad. I, I love I love the work that they're doing there. I've, I've I've tasted some of the wines, and the wines have been very good. And the fact that I don't know of another community-led vineyard in this country, um, I yeah, I, I I thought it was worth raising. Uh, you know, if anyone's any, if Mum has. Actually, no, Mum. That's my inheritance. Uh, don't. don't. <laughs> I really like them, just not that much. No, it's, <laughs> um, it's, 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 I'm not not so interested. 
no, we, we, we shouldn't make light of this. This is... Um, it's very serious. This, this is the kind of story that... It, I'm not waiting for bad news. I'm not, I'm not that sort of person. Although I'm, I'm quite a negative... My natural setting is, is quite uh, negative and cynical. I don't look for the negative. Um, but this is the kind of story that you've partly been waiting for. Because, right, English wine is still really small. It's, it's very competitive. It's, a very, it's got a very small, you know, 1% of the domestic market and sales, all of that. And and it's hard, like making yeah. a wine business a success financially is really, really tough. And it's one of the things that doesn't get talked about a huge amount in terms of like cons a consumer facing piece. There's lots of talk about, you know, regenerative and sustainability. And, you know, this is how we look after our land and farm our vines. And that's really important stuff to talk about. But very rarely does business sit down and go, we need to talk to you about the financials here because this is how much we're charging a bottle. And a lot of people think that's too expensive, but like, if we don't charge that, we don't make, you know, there's a lot of vineyards out there that, and wineries that, you know, aren't making huge sums. And nobody no. gets into this expecting to become a millionaire, right? But it's right. hard. And sooner or later, we're going to start seeing, you know, some people struggling, especially you know, if we have a difficult vintage, I mean, this year has been pretty wet so far. It's not been a great start to this year, has it? Uh, no, the disease pressure is quite high this year. Yeah. Um, so all the more reason to for, for anyone who's got a bit of cash to get behind 40 Hall's search for a for, yeah. for, and, for and track. to not be able to do anything for three years. I mean, you know, when you make wine, that's how you put bread on the table. You get one chance. Yeah. It's not like beer where you, you can make it. You know, I'm not saying that means beer is easy. I'm not suggesting. I'm just saying with beer, you can, you know, brew it consistently you know it's got i've only got one one shot every 12 months yeah. to do this um it is an important story uh and it is oh it's tough you, you know you put your heart and soul into it right and yeah totally yeah. Yeah. have been doing that so um yeah, yeah. figure out some um some links we'll get that on social but yeah i'm glad you brought that up because it's yeah you know it doesn't necessarily fit our allegedly comic podcast necessarily but i thought it was worth worth raising um and so so sometimes, so i did sometimes you can right all, all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna take it any further but all i'm gonna say is the last episode of blackout goes forth yeah. oh yeah i mean you probably shouldn't mention us in the same breath well i mean they yeah. they wish they'd thought of doing a wine podcast i i think i think that's, I think the, that's, missing that's, season. Really... that's yes. the missing season you know, um, anyway, yeah. no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that. Up. Let's um, let's get some links to it on our on our social. Yeah, I think I, I think that's I think that sounds like something we should we should we should do. Um, you know, English wine's a small club, and you don't want to see people leaving. No, um, so, yeah. Can you? So yeah, Forty Hall. Um, sad news. What's uh, what's what's up next for you? Uh, next, uh, I wanted to touch on, and this is probably one that. Uh, that is closer, not closer to your heart, because all subjects English wine are close to my heart, but um, ooh, I should have said English and Welsh wine, because of course there is a Welsh vineyard, White Castle Vineyard, who are probably, oh, fuck it, not many Welsh people are going to listen to this, probably the best vineyard in, in Wales. Um, they're crowdfunding, aren't they? And that concludes the 100 most dangerous animals in Wales. <laughs> um, yes, so this is um, Robin Nicola Merchant at, at White Castle in Flanbethren. Um, 
Bagaveni, which is is one of those places that you can kind of it's fairly easy to say with a Welsh accent, otherwise spectacularly just fail to do that. Um lovely, lovely people. So nice, Robin Nicola. Um I I think there's like seven or eight active producers in Wales. I'd need to go back and, and double check the numbers. There there are two, whenever I think of Welsh wine, there are two that instantly leap to the top of my mind. One of them would be Montgomery Vineyards, who's actually the, the highest vineyards in the whole of the UK. Uh, the other is how high? White Castle. How high? How, how high, high are they? they? Well, they're, they're higher than the, the next one. Okay. I think do they? That's pretty uh, high. They get. I used to know that. I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, I was going to say Woody, if you're listening, he's not listening. No one listens to this. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tap up Woody at Montgomery to double check because I, I can't remember the figure. But anyway, you've got Montgomery. Um, their wine's handled by Daniel Lambert, actually. And so the other one that brings to my White Castle, uh, I genuinely love their wines. I think they're, they're very high quality. They're really interesting. Um, what's One of the really interesting things, north-facing site planted Cabernet Franc. Rob, Rob went out to, um, did some stuff in Loire, fell in love with Cab Franc, and he's got an old planter. So, you know. He's a brave man. Welsh. He is. Welsh Cabernet Franc. Um, anyway, yes, they're crowdfunding. So they currently grow the vines, have the wines made elsewhere, which is, is very common in English and Welsh wines, because building a winery isn't the cheapest thing. But Rob and Nicola, yes, they're at the point where uh, they've sort of had designs drawn up and, they, and they've got a perfect site for it, you know, right around the vineyards and want to get... Uh, build their own winery. So the crowdfunding for it. So there's been um, a bit of content. What's, what's really great on social media for like Oz Clark getting right behind it, some famous Welsh yeah. um, sort of acting personalities and musicians, things like that. I remember during Welsh Wine Week, I think it was last year or the year before, that Bryn Turfell sat at a piano playing and sings like incredible, incredible content. So they're really admired. Uh, the wines are very good, but they're crowdfunding. So there's a variety of packages um, from, you know, kind of getting your name on a vine to all the way up to sort of buy your own barrel of Pinot Noir. Um, Will it be real Pinot Noir? Precoce is real. Um, it is real Pinot Noir. I think and, you mean... When yes, <laughs> <laughs> did you first think your father had power over the guts? Um, <laughs> weird, because I, I, I don't know why that guy was Spanish, but... Um, <laughs> Could have been, could have been born in Spain, trained in Germany, mm. went to England to work. You see, you've got to watch out, yeah. folks. Some of the jokes are traps. Um, but, yeah, fruit Burgunda, <laughs> if you choose to call that. Also, one of my favourite wines he makes is, is a Sigareba. I, I think that's wonderful. Cool variety. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, does it does it very well. So the sparkling still white and red. Um, give them a look. Head over to, I know on the, on the socials there, at white no at welsh wines at welsh wines is the um is the handle uh and check it out check out the crowdfunder um because it they've done very well to steal they've done very well to steal the 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 at welsh wines i'm sure every other welsh wine producer is really grateful uh, well I'm, I'm sure rob would tell you you know upstairs for thinking downstairs for dancing you know he's not that <laughs> he's not that uh, and neither is nicola but they're, they're really lovely people the, the wine's brilliant you know they are. You know they're at the forefront of Welsh wine. They're re- and they're you know it, it's not they're aware of like they're not just trying to make their own thing. They're trying to build something bigger, which is the whole world of, mm. of Welsh wine. Um, 
which, you know, we talk about how new English wine feels or Welsh wine feels really, really new. Um, totally. Really cool stuff going on. So, again, we'll we'll sort of signpost that. But go and check it out and you, if you can support the crowdfunding. And, and that's quite a nice story. And I've come off the back of, you know, how tough it is for 40 Hall. You know, this is a successful little producer, but you know, building your own winery is a big outlay. So crowdfunding is a, it's a really smart way to go. So, um, yeah, yeah, very good, Ferg. Very good. Yeah. No, I thought I brought some good stories to the table today. Um, yes, though, you know. though, you know, UK focused. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, is there anywhere else that makes one? Uh, if there is, Lee, I don't want to know. No. Because we've got our sovereignty and we've got our wine industry. That's, that's all we wanted, really, wasn't it? <laughs> that, and I actually just really love queuing so someone can stamp my passport. Love it. Love it. Love it. I, I hear you love it almost as much as you love Eurovision. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You sound like you've made your mind up. Like that. Yep. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm I refuse. I refuse to be drawn into this. Eurovision. You say you refuse to be drawn into it, but I'm not the one actually going, am I? So, yeah, I'm going to have a great time. Enforced fun. Yeah, love it. Um, so, yeah. So, so obviously, Ferg's going to, to Eurovision. Um, so, no. you know. What are you doing I, next I, week? Doing something nice? Anything planned? Um, next week. Do you want my Eurovision ticket, maybe? Oh, no. Um, I've got an appointment to have someone stick hot pins in my eyes. And um, I, do, I don't like cancelling things. You know, it's just <laughs> not my... You know, I really appreciate the offer. But... I, just, just thought, I was just thinking of you, mate. Well, actually, as well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very new thing for me, but it's something I'm, I'm sort of experimenting with at the moment. It's called self-respect. And, um, you know... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the next next episode, <clears throat> excuse me, next episode, I think you can give us a, 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 it'll just be like an hour and a half of you giving us a rundown of your vision and your experiences there. That's, that's, and, that's and I have a feeling, right, you sort of, I think at the minute you do firmly believe the things you're saying. It's like, it's not for me. I'm really not into it. But I think what's going to happen, you're going to go and you're going to come back and go, I was wrong. I've loved it. And you'll be one of those like, you know, you get those people who used to smoke and then they don't smoke, but they're like really awful about it. Like, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, well done. Stop. If somebody wants help yeah. quitting smoking, I'll send them your way, but stop. Right. There's lots of other examples. I've got a feeling you'll, you'll come back and you're like, yeah, I didn't think I'd like it, but I'd love it. And then you'll be trying to get me into it for the next 12 months or the next one, won't you? I think it unlikely, but you know, that's. <laughs> What what if the Eurovision oh. is taking place in a venue that you could ski into? Yeah, I'm even less likely to enjoy that, aren't I? Because that's just oh look, you get to fall over there and hurt yourself, and, and then someone's going to sing a song that you're not going to enjoy. And they give you a glass of Frubagunda. <clears throat> I I you see I I don't right. have a problem with being given a glass of Frubagunda as long as okay, they yeah. say. Quite explicitly, here's some Frubaganda. Well, A.K.A. Peanut Mocha. For cops. Uh, um, alternatively, you could drive down a country road and get stuck somewhere between wherever you are now in Sussex and have to mm -hmm. survive on a bottle of 
insert whatever wine makes this joke the funniest in your head. Yeah. Worst things have happened. The needles thing sounded bad. Yeah, I'm not, not interested yeah. in needles. Don't do needles. I, I fail. No. I collapse. With Is that sort of room 101 level stuff for you? or? I d- well, I, I don't have... Because like, room 101 implies like a real dislike rather than a phobia. So I, I like I see the benefit of a needle. Like, oh, I like people need blood, I could donate blood, or I'm really ill, having this thing stuck in in my arm is a medium to getting me better. But I I I do have I'm, I'm sorry, I have a fear of needles, but as soon as there's a needle I I, I was there was several years ago, it, it's quite a long story, so I won't bore you or our dear listener with it. Um, I was very, very ill. I was rushed into hospital and I was, I was very ill for quite a long time. Um, and as part of the ongoing treatment, there was the, the, the lots of blood tests. Uh, and because of what happened, I couldn't drive. So Mother Isaac sort of was ferrying me around and she took me to the hospital and waited with me. Um, and they came in to take some blood tests. But you see, what, what the nurse did, instead of getting out like a needle, she went and found like an old fencing epee and was like, oh, I'll just <laughs> use this instead of like, is that freaking long enough? What? <laughs> it's about six foot long. Um, so she's she's just jammed this thing into my arm, you know, taken o- <laughs> over an arm full of blood. And I've just gone like pale, like, you know, I look like Nosferatu or something, his complexion. <laughs> and I, I just stood up to, like, leave the room in the hospital to leave the hospital, and I just collapsed. But it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, we've taken a lot of blood. It was just like the interaction of a needle. So now if I do go for a blood test, I'll give blood. Like as soon as that needle's out, I'm actively like looking anywhere else in the room. But not... so the, the short answer was, I wouldn't necessarily put it into room one hundred and one because there are very good things about needles. Just ideally, I, I would put illness in room one hundred and one because if I wasn't ill, I probably wouldn't have need a needle in me. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, but you know, yeah. also if I don't like needles, you know, would I put Coravan in room one hundred and one? It's not how I like to enjoy wine. You know, I, I do you want a Coravan for home? No, because if I'm going to drink a bottle of wine, I'm going to drink a bottle of wine. I, I, and the experience of drinking and reading a bottle of wine is the experience of getting all the way through it, and well, yeah. the way in, and the way it opens up with interaction with air. There's, but in a in an on trade scenario, when we want to be able to serve, you know, maybe pretty cool, esoteric, or expensive wines by the single glass, and that opens them up to more consumers. That's a good thing. Like that, it's brilliant. Yeah. No time for that. You know, would, I, would I use a car at home? No. 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 I what don't own a car Which, in, in a way, leads me on to what I'm drinking, which I know you haven't done this intentionally because you don't know what it is I'm drinking. Because um, actually, at the minute, I'm, I'm really not drinking a huge amount. After, I'm drinking less than I've ever drunk since I discovered alcohol um, in recent months. Um, you must feel fantastic. Maybe that's the problem. Um, what I've got, what I'm drinking here this week, or you've mostly been drinking, um, I'm about to open it. It's not open yet. And just um, I'm holding the thing I'm about to drink near my microphone. Yeah, it's, a, it's a can of Foster's because you know it isn't. I'm not drinking can of Foster's. So, you know, maybe if, if somebody does want to drink but wants to limit their drinking, you know, wine in can could be pretty cool. So I'm holding it up to the screen, which you, dear listener, won't be able to see. Oh, nice. I've got here a can of the Canned Wine Company, number one, Grunewald Wiener. So, Canned Wine, interesting, Canned Wine Company just um, 
just purchased Copper Crew. That was in the news last week. Um, yeah, so the big fan of Copper Crew, like the people behind that. Um, it sort of did a little bit of social media with them sort of back during lockdown. Just really cool people, love the ethos, what they're trying to do. Um, but it's, it's hard, right? This cans have got a huge yeah. mountain to climb in terms of public perception. Uh, I've, I've worked with a few cans, so I've currently got some cans um, just arrived today from Nice. So in my day job, we work with, with Nice. Uh, again, I really like the people behind Nice. I think you know, we've got Lucy Buskers at the start of it all. Um, really good people, cool. Got, got, really got the handle on sort of like marketing and getting it front and centre and having a very clear message. But anyway, um, I've also been lucky enough to, to get to know and indeed work with in my day job the people behind the Canned Wine Company who have got some pretty mega listings. I think Harvey Nicks, Harrods, also available for uh, um, what I think you and I would both agree is one of this country's very best wine merchants, Bin 2. Um, so this is their, their Grunewald Lena. Do you know, I don't think we mentioned him in our last episode. I, I don't think we did. We've. Um, I, I think we've breached our contract. The problem is he's not pointed that out, which means either he's not listened and noticed or much more likely he's just so damn nice that he's not going to make a point of it. He did, he did listen actually because um, our good friend Mike was actually in touch about various points from last week's episode. Um, was it just for clarification? Sound quality and poor post, post editing. Um, sound quality did come up. Uh, yeah. Apparently, my voice was booming, um, which okay. I was fine, but fine with. You're a naturally loud, gregarious interactive cool person i'm a shy retiring oh yeah you're person. so shy and retiring mate yeah yeah that's why i'm wearing a cravat yeah i got it in yeah. yeah yeah fucker. It's, not, it's not actually a cravat it's a scarf but lee is wearing a cravat it, that's the cut you see the problem with that defense it's not a cravat it's a scarf is that's exactly what you would say if it was a cravat isn't it <laughs> so can't can't win yeah there's no escaping this i'm i'm going to take a picture of it and Put it on social media. We can run a poll. It's not. It's not cravat. So t- tell me, because you yeah, picked sorry. one I, of my um, favourite varieties, and yeah. you've put it in a can, which I'm I'm totally on board with. Yeah. Uh, tell me, tell me all. So this is um, so it's from Marcus Huber. So you're in in Niederösterreich, so sort of like the northeast uh, of of the country vineyards just south of the, of the Danube um, they work with producers who have a keen eye on sustainability so not not necessarily organic I did in my day job I, I sort of interviewed them from the perspective of what I do in a day job and there was a, just a little bit interesting touch point of like organic doesn't isn't necessarily better like having that certification isn't necessarily the fucking are you spraying copper and sulfur all over your vineyard am I like mm. How many passes do you do in your tractor on your organic vineyard? Fuck me. <laughs> Nothing pisses me off more than people who go, well, you're not organic, so you're not sustainable. No, get bent. <laughs> I, 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 so, yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. I'm going to pitch something else to you slightly off topic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or tangential. Can biodynamic wines be truly vegan? No. That's... That's my no. instinct. I, I mean, so, if you if you take it to its logical or illogical conclusion, like nothing's vegan because at some point in the chain there's animals. But but I'm I'm just being a bit contentious and a, a dick basically. Mm. 
you're using animal byproducts to be biodynamic as part of the biodynamic process. So in my mm. mind, that whatever you use as a fining agent, you're not vegan because you're no, doesn't matter. That. It can't be. It can't be vegan. No. Um, did you know that oysters are actually vegan? I shit you not. No nervous as in, system. As in they leave a, leave a vegan bread. lifestyle? Or... No, no, no. You, like, how do you know if, that? Is it because they told you? Oh, I had to get that in there. Cheap shot. <laughs> Cheap shot. That was unnecessary. Yeah, no. I, th I thought that was a bit shellfish, to be honest. Oh, um, but no, because they have no nervous system, so they can't feel, and they have no brain, so they can't think. So they're not, strictly speaking... Oh, man, that animal. sounds like a great lifestyle. Where yeah, just eat Where oysters. Where am I in the world right now? Hang on. Being an oyster. Doesn't... That's, what do you mean? I, I can't think and feel. No. Yeah. Where do I sign up? Mm. What I do say to people, so, people might say, oh, I've never eaten an oyster. I go, that's fine. Have you ever drunk seawater out of an ashtray? <laughs> it's the ones that my old man loved oysters. It's the, I have to, I'm a bit careful with shellfish anyway due to my experience, but oysters are not for me. Oh, I love, no. I love an oyster. Oh. But I, I think this wine might work with, I mean, it's not, the, it's not necessarily the first place you go, but it would work. This, this Grüner Veltliner from Austria, mm. by the canned wine, well, by Marcus Huber, canned for the canned wine company. So Aust mm -hmm. Austria's got nearly 45,000 hectares, give or take. Right, uh, so and that's a lot of hectares. It's, it's more than more than England, I know that much. It's um, it's more than Savoir as well, you know, 45,000. That's, uh, you know, that's, uh, you fun, know they, exactly. They've got so much, they could knock Savoir off their perch. Um, but they're not thinking about that because they're adults. I mean, they're 22.5 um, times bigger than Savoir. That's some good numbers, Ferg. Yeah. Numbers. We don't need you, you. You've got the numbers kidney. Otherwise, um, Greenfield Lena accounts for nearly 33% of Austria's planting. But this <clears throat> is, I don't like uh, this thing I'm going to say, wait, because canned wines feel so new, certainly from a quality thing, right? And there's the, there's the issue with consumers... A lot of consumers still see cans as just being the medium for any old alcoholic shit. That I'm on a train, I don't really care what the quality is, I just want a drink. It's now trying to, you, you, you know, people, whether it's nice, hand wine company, cop crew, various others, that's, mm. it's, it's taking this medium saying, no, this is a medium for good quality. So you can still have a can of something on the train, but it's not just a medium for any old cheap shit now. We're going to put decent stuff in it. And, you know, these for me, are probably the most premium of all the canned wines that I've tasted. But I've been really impressed because, you know, they sing of the variety, the qualities. That thing I was going to say was, you know, I, and I don't like saying it, but we, we're kind of in a place where you say, you, know, you have this blind, you're not going to spot bits from a can. Like, there's no... Yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, for a canned wine to be good, that was the first thing we actually want. But it's just... It's bright and it's pure and zesty, and there's, there's a slight salinity to it, but it's just got that. I've been lucky enough to spend a little bit of time in, in Austria and around Vienna and, and sort of the northeast, and it just brings to my life. I remember just driving out of the city and it being in sort of fields and vineyards and just mm. like luscious countryside. And it just that it's just that it's those smells that come out of this glass. Yeah, it's verdant, amazing, bright, and there's a wonderful peachiness to it. But it's just like walking in a fresh summer orchard, it, it's. Classic green incense, got a little bit like that white pepper thing. 
there's a little bit of that in there but it's it's textured as well so it's not the really like linear thing there's just a little bit of texture and weight on the palette almost slightly honeyed but without the sweet honey character um i, I think it's one of, a huge fan of what the canline company do i mean full disclosure i know ben frank's a little bit I, you know um i think we mentioned him and sophia do the old wine fight and they invited me on um have you got your invite yet for call anyway they, you know ben's really cool um <laughs> the team that he's got the team that he's got around him uh, and again, you know, in, in terms of my day job, we've actually started working with them, which is cool. Um, but mm -hmm. from the very first time I tasted them, I just thought these are cracking wines, great presentation. Um, yeah. The artwork is done by, um, by um, you know, who I'm talking about. No, I'm, 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 I'm not sure. Who? Amphora. Amphora. Oh, Amphora. Um, yeah, no, I know that. They, they, they do the quite a lot for us. You know the cans just really sing and pop, but yeah, Canline Company, Grunewaldling Number One. You know they they they've got about six in the range now, six different wines. Look them up; they're brilliant. And if if you're not yeah. being converted to cans yet, or you you know if you're listening, go. Mm, I'm really not convinced it can be that good. Give them a go; they're brilliant. They're, 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 there's lots of good canned wines out there, but Canline Company for me are at absolute top of when it comes to quality. So that's what I'm drinking. And the benefit is, you know, I don't need a Coravan and I've got a phobia of needles, as we've established. And I can open a can of this and have a glass of wine. And I'm, I'm not then, have, I've not got a bottle of wine. I've got to fight my way through or drink because I feel like I should because it's there. Um, yeah, no, you yeah. see, that's always been my my view on canned wine. I mean, we, we did, we've done some canned wines in the past. Oh. I, I noticed that you didn't talk about that, but that's fine. Um, I, um, I, but I did a video for it. You did, didn't you? It was I a did. very good video. Do you remember what song I did? I'm trying to. That's really And cool. it's annoying me. I wouldn't expect you to. That's, it's not going to... Our friendship is over. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I did uh, Iris. You did? The Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, and it was very good. And it's, I really it's enjoyed a it. song that, because the guitar tuning's crazy. It's like D, B, D, 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 D. Um, it looks like one of my old school reports. That's um, but a, that was... uh, guitar tuning joke there, dear listener, folks, mom. <laughs> but your point just at the end there, where you were talking about the fact that you've cracked that open and you've had it as a single serve. That's that was that was exactly what sort of went through my head when we when we started the the canning project. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, yeah festivals! It's going to be great at festivals and and um, and you know you can have it um, while you're on the train and stuff like that." And then the pandemic hit, so yeah, those, those markets they did really well. Um, but in my head, I was thinking it's the drink that you know if you go home and you want a glass of wine, but you don't want to open a bottle because well, either you don't have the self-control to then not have a second or third or fourth glass of wine, or just simply you probably won't have a glass of wine tomorrow night, so you, you genuinely just want the one the one thing. If you have a little pack of cans of wine in your fridge, that's such an accessible way of drinking. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I, I like it. I'm... Yeah, I'm going yeah. to totally sold on that, because like, the biggest thing for me, I've got self-control. I, I, I drink less now than I've ever drunk for, for, you know, various reasons. But, you know, if you, you open a full bottle, La Patrona doesn't drink a huge amount. I just don't like the idea that I'm wasting 
So I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm good now. Whereas in the past, I wouldn't. I'd open it and go, I don't want to waste it, so I'll drink it. Now I just go, oh, it's just getting wasted. Like, I won't drink it just because it's there, and I don't want to waste it. I, go, I don't want yeah. to drink alcohol at this point. You know, I've had enough, or I don't want it tomorrow. But the thought of pouring half a bottle of wine away, regardless of the financial cost to me, if someone's worked really hard to make that, yeah, what a waste of somebody's time and effort and grapes and yeah, you know, wine exactly. you can huge huge fan, as you say, primarily yeah. actually for the from from the perspective of consult, and then you've got you know the green side of it, and um, you know, yeah. all of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, CO2 emissions are less. Everything's less. It's just better. Um, yeah, it is. No. It is. Um, there was there was one thing I was sort of going to bring up, Ferg, which mm. was um, uh, earlier this. I say earlier this week. It was last week. Um, I so this is interesting. Late last year, I stepped in at the very last minute to go to North Ealing Wine Tasting Society, uh, Newts. Um, like literally last minute, like two days' notice. They'd had a speaker yeah. arranged, and, and um, there were valid reasons the speaker couldn't make it, and, and someone recommended me to them. So I can only assume the person that recommended me didn't like the North Ealing Wine Tasting Society. Um, but they contacted me and said, look, you know, really short notice, we know, but you've been recommended. Could you do a tasting on Jura? Um, so it was great because I turned up and went, thanks for asking. I really like whiskey. Uh, and they went, <laughs> oh, hilarious. hilarious. I had the room in the palm of my hand for the next three hours. Now. Uh, anyway, like... Stepped up last minute. I, I had 48 hours notice. They, they'd already got the wines arranged. Uh, and it, it was quite fun. So what I did, I sat and I wrote down everything I thought about Jura. I thought I knew about Jura. And yeah. I thought, then I'll, do, then I'll do the research just to see, you know, how wrong I am. Um, so all I'm going to say is when I arrived at the tasting, I had a brand new notebook. Uh, but I, I did a tasting for them. And they seemed quite impressed at, at very short notice, someone who was professed not an <laughs> expert in anything let alone the wines of Jura, ran this tasting for them. So they invited me back, and I went back last Friday. Now, they do say, don't they, in your career, you should only say, play the same venue twice, once on the way up and then once. Yeah, just also on the way up. Yeah, yeah, that's it, exactly. I hadn't thought about that before I finished that sentence. Anyway, they asked me to come mm. back, and, and I went back and I, I do it, and it touches on the thing I lecture about at Regents, uh, at Regents University which is all around sort of consumer expectations, understanding um, and experience of wine. And I, I did this tasting for them, which um, they enjoyed uh, and, and seemed to go well. And, um, you know, hopefully they meant it when they said that thing they did. They've asked me back for a third tasting. So I, I guess it went OK. But in doing that, I um, there, were, there were just a couple of stats that I took out that I thought were quite interesting. Um, so, in this country, Ferg, in, mm. in terms of still wine, white, red, and rosé, mm -hmm. which is the biggest selling bracket? Red? That's a good guess, but it's not right. Well, it's not a good guess, actually, <laughs> is it? It's a good guess, but it's not right. No, a good guess would be the right guess. No, it's white. So, white wine really? we uh, consume. Now, these figures are, that, that I've found, um, they're all... Uh, documented and um, credible sources. Um, this is these are the figures to June twenty twenty two. White wine three point three five seven thousand hectolitres. Second would be red, two point nine five zero thousand hectolitres, and the third rosé seven hundred eighty nine thousand hectolitres. 
what we've consumed. Uh, the on and here we go, Ferg. Um, the on and off trade wines and spirits over the twelve months to June twenty twenty two. What was that worth to the UK? That's me, I'd have no idea. It's easy because I've got the number in front of me, but if I didn't, yeah. I, I wouldn't have a fucking clue. This is really unfair. How come you? How come? How come I gave you a nice sort of quiz on Savoir, and you, you go, "What's the sales figures for on trade in?" I get you a nice quiz on Savoir because that's a region that everybody knows about. Um, but you know about it. Um. On and off trade, wines and spirits, $24.4 billion. Uh, which, using... I found these symbols on the internet. One's like a like a cross at 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. And then one's like, one's like a line with two little dots on either side. Okay. And then one's like a weird tick. Uh, apparently, you can do, like, maths with these things. I'm so right, I yeah, tried yeah. to work out what I tried to do was strip out the off uh, sorry strip out the on trade and strip out spirits so by crunching some numbers i think wine so wine in the off trade in the uk in that 12 months to june 22 was worth about 8 billion yes. now, unfortunately studies suggest that in that same period drugs and prostitution were worth 11 billion and I think what that tells us, Ferg, is that you need to change your business model. Yeah, clearly. I mean, because actually, point. people would pay a lot of money for some of my homegrown homegrown drugs. I, well, I would. I mean, it's, you know, you've you, you grown lettuce. I mean, who knows? Mm. That's just that's just a front, isn't it? I think you'll find it's devil's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> The devil has the best let no tunes. Well, if he's got the best tunes, he's probably got the best lettuce as well, right? I mean, he's anyway, got the best of everything, isn't he? Here we go. Top six. This is off trade. So, to um, our dear listener, I'm sure folks' mom does know what that means. But off trade is wine that's being bought in a shop to consume at home, whereas on trade is wine that you buy in a restaurant or a bar. So you're buying it to drink in, you know, on at the location. Top six grape varieties, Ferg. Um, which do you think is the biggest selling grape variety UK off trade still wine? Off trade. I'm going to say one and then it'll be the other. <laughs> if there's a 50 50 chance of getting something right, there's a 90% chance you'll get it wrong. That's a motto. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Pinot Gris. Oh. Gio. One year out. Um, so that's second place. UK's favourite grape variety in terms of consumption, uh, 1.041 thousand hectolitres. Sauvignon Bland in at number Fuck one. Sake. Yes, Pingo that was the other side of my 50-50. Pingo Gringo in at number two, 679,000 hectolitres. What's number three? Well... I was always going to say it's another white variety. Mm. So this isn't the top three whites. What I've done is I was able to get the data for the top six, and it so happens that the top three selling are all white. So Sauvignon Blanc number one, Pingo Gringo number two. What might you guess at number three? Because I 
I don't know if I would get it. Because you'd sort of go, well, I sort of want to say that, but it feels like it's not a very popular variety lately. Uh, I, I don't... <laughs> Chardonnay. Chardonnay, correct. You see, I don't know if I'd have... Like, 10, 15 years ago, well, Chardonnay would have been number one, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying they don't like Chardonnay, but it's the third biggest... And yet still a lot of people are buying it. There are, there are. Mm. Um, so the next three all happen to be red. But the top, the top three selling grape varieties in the UK by, you know, volume sold are all white wines and Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc, Pino, Pingo Gringo and Chardonnay, number three. So in terms of red, which do you think is the most popular red by terms, you know, volume of liquid sold in the off-trade? Does it... 80% of wine sold in the UK is, is off-trade, like the supermarkets dominate that. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it going to be? I I'm going to say one, and I I've, I think I I think I could probably get the top three, Go on. but I I don't know if I which, could get the so order. Which yeah, which three do you think the top three are not necessarily in order? I think we'll be seeing some Cab Sav in there. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably some Malbec in there, mm-hmm. and I suspect the last one might be Shiraz. So close to quote meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. So, <clears throat> biggest selling red, fourth, fourth biggest selling grape variety overall, Merlot, 474,000 hectolitres. Uh, of course. Number five, Shiraz, 455,000 yeah. hectolitres. Number six, Molbeck, 424,000 hectolitres. Um, I don't have the number in front of me, but I know that Cabernet Sauvignon came in at number seven. Molbeck, Molbeck's the fastest growing. Uh, yeah. Keats out of all of them. Well, that must make you very happy. Oh, it does. You know, it's all my work, yeah. basically. Look, yeah, it's basically I've been in this industry, Argentina was basically nothing in the UK, was it? I've been in this game now for 20 years. Look where Argentina is. Mm. You know, correlation, causation. Uh, yep. Post hoc, proctor hoc. Proctor hoc. A little call back to before we pressed record, Ferg. Inter Armour Enim Silent Leaguers. Yes. Um, in terms of, I'll, I'll round out with this because otherwise I'm just going on and on. Which do you think, con- which country is the most popular in terms of volume of liquid moved in the off trade? I... Can we, can we, could we turn this very briefly into a game of options? Okay, okay. So, so here we go. Which is number one in terms of volume of so volume of liquid sold across all schools? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is number one between uh, Australia, Italy, and New Zealand? I think Italy. See, that's what where I would have gone before I had the data in front of me. It's Australia. Mm. Italy's number two. Crikey. Um, number three, Chile. That actually doesn't surprise me. Yeah. They'd be up there. That sort of makes sense, right? Yeah. Number four is France. Yeah. Number five is Spain. Number six That's is Spain. the USA. That um, surprises me. Who's at seven? Uh, number seven is South Africa. Okay, yeah. Number eight is New Zealand. They're pretty. That's pretty low down, right? Is it? But this is just red wine, isn't it? No, so this is white and red. 
So uh, this is combined. I mean, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, but they, I, I, there's I only really one variety that they're shifting in. Yeah. So what's interesting there? You get like, well, there's a lot of Sauvignon Blanc being moved. It's you know, it's the biggest selling by volume. There's a mm. lot of that being drunk that's clearly from somewhere else. Now, bearing in mind, this will account for the fact that 2021 New Zealand production was down 19% overall. So there was a lot less New Zealand Sauvignon. Uh, but New Zealand's yeah. down at number eight. Number nine is Argentina. I thought that would have been a lot higher. Uh, and number ten is Germany. So what that what that that rundown is just to, to clarify: volume of liquid sold in the off trade across all brands. So whilst you go, oh, like there, there aren't, there's only like one Australian brand in the top ten biggest selling brands. Yes, but there's lots of brands that don't make it into the top ten that still do big numbers. Yes, yeah. and, and that one Australian brand is rather large. It is, and it was in the back of a woman's car and it helped her survive. So, you know, there are good things. And she still doesn't actually remember what variety it was. <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. And yet it doesn't matter. No, but here, here we go. Here's just the, the one last bit of chopping up that data. There's a couple of things that I think mm -hmm. are quite interesting. So what's happened is figured out how much liquid has moved overall over a 12-month period in the off-trade, and then calculated what the average spend is on a 75-CL bottle of that country's liquid, right? Okay. So Australia, which is the largest selling in terms of volume moved, average spend per 75-CL just for Australia, but all that liquid works out at £6. That's... Which is below the national average of, of overall. So overall for everything, the average spend is, I think, about... Um, 640, I think. Yeah. 37, something like that. So Australia, six pound. Italy, which was in at number two, average spend per, per 75 sale is 594. Chile, five pounds 73. I won't do every country, it'll just be a list of numbers. Mm. Which country of the top 10, the, the top 10 to remind it, Australia, Italy, Chile, France, Spain, USA, yep. South Africa, New Zealand, Argentina, Germany, which country has the highest average spend per 75 sale? I would go for South Africa. France. Eight pounds really? twenty-five. Um, how so much? You've got, you've got to weigh eight pounds twenty-five. So that's you know, another couple of quid on top of the overall average. New Zealand came in at second place with eight pounds fourteen. So that tells you, you know, when people buy New Zealand, they'll pay premium for New Zealand. Mm. Which, you know, I'm sure if anybody is listening to this, they're going, well, yeah, that's not news, is it? Um, I'd call that news. This is the news. Um, the the two cheapest, South Africa yeah. at £5.55. Oh, well, that was uh, good of me, well than me. So, yeah, but you, missed, you thought I was asking you for the cheapest, not the most expensive. Um, and finally, Germany. £4.97. Yeah, I kind of saw that one coming. Yeah. Yeah. And here we go. One one last stat that I got. Now, this is from this is from Vivino themselves rather than an independent adjudicator. Um, how many labels are scanned per day on average on Vivino? Globally? Yes. Six. Million labels. That's a ludicrously big number. <laughs> Five hundred thousand. A total of. Well, they're not. They're not performing well enough. 
No, they, they need to up their game. A total of fifteen, yeah. nearly sixteen million wines listed, and that was that was the number you gave me. So anyway, there was some sort of like just some consumer bits and pieces that came up, in, and I do that. I, I've researched that sort of stuff regularly because I lecture about it at the uni, and, and it actually it actually makes quite an interesting tasting. It does to talk through those consumers. So the the wines that I did at this tasting, um, some of them were served blind. Not all of the wines were, but to run through the lineup of wines, I had a, a non-alcoholic German Riesling. I then had a, a proper German Riesling, uh, a good yeah. one from Dernhoff. Oh, nice. Um, I then had a um, oh, really good Chardonnay from New Zealand. The producer's name's just escaped me. All of Kamea River, Kamea River Estate Chardonnay. How do you forget? Probably New Zealand's best New Chardonnay Zealand's producer. Best Chardonnay, right? Um, yeah. Followed by Zuccardi, uh, Paraki Altamira Malbec. Followed by... I used to work in a wine bar in Liverpool, and that was our best-selling wine for quite a long time. Yeah. Excellent. Big fan. I really like. I really liked that wine. Argentina, but big, big fan of Zuccardi. Big, yeah, big lover of what they do. In a, in a, we in had a the Malbec way. and we had the Torontos as well, and I actually, I like, I really liked that Torontos. Yeah, it was a really nice one. Do some exploration of Torontos. Um, then the rest of the tasting, blind. These two were blind. I did a barefoot Merlot against uh, Ledefaze, which is the the third wine from Sascaia. Yeah, um, and that that was oh, really okay. interesting because I did them blind, and pretty yeah. much everybody in the room spotted. And agreed, right? Okay, I get that. Like this one is better. No, yeah. nobody argued the fact that one was demonstrably better than the yeah. other. But I made a point of saying when when I'm exploring better, I'm not talking about whether you like it more. What I'm talking about is it demonstrably a better wine. Like it's more yeah. interesting, it's more balanced, it's more complex. Blah, blah, blah. So they pretty much all got that. But probably about two thirds of the room went well. Actually, before it was unveiled, they went well. I said, you know, who prefers the first wine? And two thirds of the room preferred that, and that was the barefoot. And there were really? all gasped. And, and actually, two members of the tasting came up to me afterwards and said, "We feel ashamed." <laughs> and as as much as I, I enjoyed to laugh at that, it's like, why? No, if you like that. I mean, you know, you either shouldn't be coming to a wine club, or you should be paying more attention. But mm. if, like, if you really enjoy drinking, drink it. Yeah. So, that, so that was interesting. And the final two wines are finished with Fe Freedom of the Press, Pinot Gris, and one of Katie Jones, like proper old vine, uh, Lead in the Palute or Hairy Grenache. Nice. How many... That lineup of eight wines, and you go, that's a. So it's an interesting. That's a It allows you to show such a broad, weird, esoteric range of wines that you wouldn't normally be able to fit into one lineup. Um, yeah. So, yeah. There we go. Some numbers. Oh, that one hell of a tasting. You should, um, you know, let me know next time you're doing something like that. You know, maybe you could show, ask me along or something. Yeah, you know, like show one of your wines, which would be nice to do. But you were actively mentioned in the spiel that the wine that the wine group themselves wrote. Really, you've got to check out the maker and the merchant in parenthesis because actually there's a guy in it who's interesting and knows what he's talking about. Um, so His name's Lee Isaacs, and he's doing the tasting no, no, today. No, 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 no. Yeah, but we couldn't get him, so Lee's coming along to talk to us. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Again, we said sort of like trying to do an hour and a half for my counters, one hour twenty-eight. Before I let you bang on. Up before I let you before we go, what's coming up in you know before the next episode is recorded? 
Eurovision, Ooh. obviously. I mean, that'll be big. Euro- Eurovision, that's going to be big. Uh, I'm off to the Lake District. Got a week, uh, not quite a week, but a long, long weekend. Uh, I'm back down. I'm skipping London Wine Fair. I, I, to be honest, I, it doesn't faze me. I'm not that excited. I'm not going. Um, I am. Um, I don't know if I should admit to this or not. I'm just pretty jaded by the whole thing. Uh, like not the not to, when I say jaded by the London Wine Fair. I mean just the whole thing at the minute. Um, I'm going. I think the London Wine Fair is a great thing. I think it's brilliant that we can get producers. And suppliers it together who want to show their wares and there are people who want to go and taste them and there's some really great talks but right now the way i feel it's just like oh god i slept to one then again first world problem right yeah there are people who don't have hot, hot and cold running water and that's significantly worse yeah uh, i am going to the london wine fair but um, i'm digging pretty deep yeah well so yeah you know. everybody at the london wine fair will be thrilled to see me i'm sure yeah, <laughs> oh, look, there's that guy who really doesn't want to be here. It's okay because this episode's coming out after the London Wine. Yeah. So they'll be like, oh, I wonder so, if I kept so stabbing they, needles in its eyes. No, they'll, they'll listen to this and go, who was that miserable fucker that came to the wine fair then? Because he sounded <laughs> well, he sounded quite good fun. What? Or the inverse of that. Anyway, yeah. so, who, district, uh, so exactly. yeah, there's that. And then, yeah. More of the same. Uh, oh, we've got a new shed, new shed opening soon. That's going to be exciting. Big old store. Uh, is that for all your, you know, when all your lettuce is ready? Yeah, this is for to keep my to dry my lettuce out. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not a euphemism. But yeah, there's that. Um, the YGB consultation period ends in a couple of weeks on the PDO, which we were going to talk about tonight. Um, that's next episode. Really, really next episode. I think I think that's worth doing. Um yeah, maybe that's the the PDO episode. Do you think oh I wonder if we get some guests. Yes. Okay, yeah. I'll give that yes. some thought. Although guests might then challenge my ideas on it and that's not why I started the podcast. You find guests that agree with you and I'll yeah. just disagree with all of you. Even if, I, <laughs> even if I inherently agree with you, I'll just go, well, I disagree. Why? Because I do defend your position. <laughs> you should have thought about all sides of the argument, so you shouldn't need me to raise objections. What, what, how would you deal with an objection? There we go. Man, Thanks, mate. You really should have done. Um, but yeah, no, there's that. Um, and then more bottling, I guess. But, yeah. Awesome. What about you? Um, some wine fair, where, as we've established yeah. people. But although, what is nice, um, and actually, I've just thought of this because it's here. Um, on the Monday uh, of the wine fair, I'm going out to um, sort of a little wine dinner with the Can Wine Company. It's very, very kind of them to invite me to. I'm looking forward. To it. I'm, I don't really know. I've well, invited you to another thing. Is Sophia going yeah. as well? Yeah. I, yeah. Cool. I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know because I was actually invited by Abby from the canned wine company who uh right. it's not like we've interacted from a day job perspective not actually met the person so that'd be nice um, be nice. But yeah huh? london wine fair then this will blow you away right because people are working wine's really glamorous and jet all over the world and stuff on the wednesday i've got meetings in slough so take your lake district take your team life, on the, life on the road eh, mate life on the road yeah it's free love on the, the free love highway. Free love highway. Um, 
I'm hoping it'll be a one-to-one. Lee, uh, under strengths, you've written being a wine merchant. That's just your job. Yeah. Um, then what else? Then what else am I doing? Uh, I, I can't remember. I've got I've got quite I've got a few sort of private tastings coming up and um, and bits and pieces, but sort of same as it has. Oh, that's it. The week after that, I'm I'm teaching up in Scotland. Then driving down from Scotland to Newcastle, and I've got a day in Newcastle, sort of teaching and training. Um, nice. And then later that same week, I've got an MOT to look forward to. Uh, but I'm very lucky with my vehicle, so actually it's not the stress that it used to be. Uh, and I'm very no, pleased that's, that that's, that's actually a relief. The case, and that's one of the real perks of my of my job, of which there are many. Um, Absolutely. But as someone who's never had any luck with cars, it's just MOT. Yeah, thanks. Oh, it failed. Uh, whatever you need to do. I, I right. wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Ah well. And before that, which I should mention, so before that, but after this, before this episode comes out on Saturday, I am judging at the IEWA. Ah, IEWA time. Really, really looking forward to because it's always you know really interesting range of wines. Always very, very good people. Lots of fascinating, thought-provoking conversation. And I, I have written about this before, but I've said like my my career has been based entirely on people taking a chance on me for absolutely no good reason at all. Uh, and I was Alex Taylor, who or not the Alex Taylor, the other Alex Taylor, because um, there are multiple Alex Taylors in the industry. Um, took a chance on me, inviting me to be a judge, and, uh, and I, I did that for a year. And then he took an even bigger ch- uh, chance and said, "Would you be a panel chair?" Um, and I realised that he'd sent that email to me instead of whoever he meant to send it to. But I replied and went, "Yeah." So it was too late for him to go back on it. Um, so Nicely I had done, the mate. Absolute privilege uh, of being able to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to judging at the IEWA. But that, when people do listen to this episode, I'll have already done it. So it's like kind of weird time travel thing i'm doing it, it, it's it's post hop bogo prop to hop you say this is it's the perfect example of that it really is isn't it oh yeah. good for you mate that's actually weirdly another thing uh i've not been invited to judge at um no it's fine i'm I, I i think i'm probably just a bit too vanilla for them um <laughs> I, I think he's not allowed to put it in the paperwork but you know, yeah. he's not allowed to say no Eurovision fans, but <laughs> no Eurovision fans. So it's a sign above Avery's door on the day, no Eurovision yeah. fans. Although Susie Atkin did suggest that because it's on the day of Eurovision, we should all go dressed up as different Eurovision acts. So either you get dressed as your favourite country. Well, either Susie, Susie Atkins and I could do like a box fizz with the you know the skirt thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I, I would just go as one of those weird, like, Scandinavian metal bands for, like, kiss-like makeup. Yeah, yeah, nice. I would do that anyway. Okay. I think you should do that anyway. And then be like, guys, did you not get the memo? Yeah, consider it. Yeah. Dude, that's good, man. Absolutely. Bang on time. And pleasure, as always. Dear listener, listen to things we said in the episode. Respond to them. Thanks yes, for listening. please. We need audience participation here. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. It's always appreciated. I hugely appreciate your time as always. TM and TM. Again, giving it the people's fist. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure the people will appreciate that. Salam. TTFN. Ciao.